Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm actually uh, filming this on a Sunday right after church for tomorrow. So happy Monday to those of you watching this. Uh, so today, what I want to do for you is go back to a couple things in worship or a couple scriptures in worship. I want to deal with Isaiah and I want to make a connection to the gospel reading. And so I'm going to do the gospel first. And, and then I want to go go to Isaiah 64. So our gospel reading today is from Mark the 13th chapter, verses 24 through 37. And pay attention to the um, apocalyptic language, that frightening way of, or that way of talking that can frighten us or sound scary, okay? Jesus said, In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer's near, so also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Okay, so that's... Jesus talking in Mark 13 about what it's going to be like when the Son of Man comes. Um, we also, on Sunday, we read Isaiah 64, 1 through 9. And I'm just going to read just two two of the verses. You can go find that if, if you want. Isaiah 64, 1 through 9 is where I'm at. And, you know, this this is Israel crying out to God. They've had this vision of what life's supposed to look like and what things are supposed to be as God's people, and it's all just been um, destroyed or disintegrated. Their hopes have been lost, and so they're crying out to God um, as they expect it to be renewed and restored, and they're not. They're crying out to God and lamenting this fact that here they are. And they just say in, in verse 1, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. And then they say, um, at in verse 9, Don't be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and don't remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we're all your people. There's this movement in the text, in this story, uh, to um, wondering if God is there, feeling very, very palpably God's distance and God's absence, and wondering where God is and if God's going to act. At the same time, they're crying out 
for God to act because they know God's acted in the past. And so they're, they're looking backwards and thinking of things that God has done when, when the mountains quaked before with Moses and, and all these stories that they know. So they're looking backwards as a way of um, affirming their present and also um, giving them courage, I think, to cry out to God. And so we could do the same thing. So, so there's that. Feeling God's distance, wondering if God's present, worrying that God isn't going to act. And then we go to our gospel and we hear about, you know, the sun being darkened and the moon not giving us light. And, and here's what I want to point out. Jesus says in verse 32, Mark 13, 32, but about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Now I think he uses that word very intentionally. Jesus calls God Father. And so whenever we come before God and we feel that that fear, and we feel that um, worry, we need to remember how Jesus taught us to think about God and talk about God. So if you, if you want to put it in a, put that kind of feeling in a um, just modern or, or contemporary context, I remember one time when we were shopping and we were in a, in a Target in the Twin Cities with my mother-in-law and we were walking around and uh, my, my child disappeared. Now, they had kind of wandered off and got lost in some of the coats and things, and so they, they were there. And basically what happened was, before they even got scared and realized that I had seen them, but they didn't know I was seeing them. And so there they are standing there looking around, wondering, worrying, where's Dad, where's, where, where's my family, where's everybody? But I was watching them and looking over them. But they had to wait, right? There was this time period there where they were alone, or they felt alone, but they weren't. And I was moving to act. And I think that same dynamic goes on in Scripture, but I th if we're not careful, though, we'll miss it. Our own humanness will get in the way, and we'll start to wonder, is God not here? Jesus said, God's your Father intentionally, so that you'd be able to put your world in context and be able to wait with patience, doing that God's actually watching you, and God actually will will act so that you can be comforted. So today, I just want you to sit with that knowledge for just a few seconds with me, and just realize that Jesus says God is your Father, and treats you as a beloved child. May you uh, know that today, sense that today, and uh, live in that truth that you're loved and God's watching you and with you. Amen.